I V M. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and my guest today is Neha Singh, co-founder at Traxon. Traxon helps venture capital funds scout interesting startups and emerging sectors, and the analyst teams track millions of private companies across sectors and have market intelligence for their clients. And you guys are wondering, what am I doing? You know, why Traxon in this episode? Well, so if you guys have been keeping track of Paisa Paisa for the last couple of months, we've been focusing a lot on private markets. Um, I've had Edge Venture Plus, Nimesh Company. I have had uh, Nitin Rao talking about the unlisted IPO space. I've all, you know, I've always had a lot of uh, startup founders also out here. Uh, way back in 2017, we had done episodes with Anand Jain, for example, on you know this entire startup equation. And we've, you know, at Pesavesa, as you know, we like to do a whole range of things for a whole, you know, whole big variety of audience. So. Why am I doing this episode? I just find the private market, or you can call up the startup and the founders and the VCs market very, very interesting. Uh, it employs a lot of people. A uh, lot of founders um, are also dependent on this. People working at startups are also interested in this. And then, then of course, there's a funding angle, the investing angle. So that's why I just love the space. I'm very thrilled to have a, a very unique guest, right? Because uh, we don't usually get uh, people of this stature uh, on on our show. So, uh, without further ado, Neha, welcome to Pesa Vaisa. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Let's start with your background and good Lord, it's yeah. impressive. Hey, it's Thanks bonkers. a lot for having me and I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. Look at this background. Yeah, Neha. IIT Bombay to BCG, that's Boston Consulting Group, guys, to Sequoia, then an MBA at Stanford. So, what is it, you know, how was it back then? Because Traxon is is really okay old is very relative in startup years uh you started in 2013 we are in 2020 take us back take us take us way back you know how this entire journey from from iit to the us to the mba standard and finally tracks walk us through that sure so i have uh, i'm born and brought in bombay so uh, iit bombay was my choice of college uh, so when there did computer science uh, in uh, undergrad and graduated in uh, 2008 and my first job out of campus was the Boston Consulting Group. And, uh, you know, subsequently, I spent two years there. Um, and then I moved to Sequoia. Essentially, I wanted to be in the technology space, but more on the business uh-huh. side of it. And uh, so, like, so Sequoia you know, is what? You went to the U.S. or Sequoia out here in, in India? In Mumbai. In the, okay. the okay, India sure. office, yes. In the Mumbai okay, office. Okay. And, uh, in fact, uh, when I was in BCG, I did not know... You know, uh, of venture capital as an asset class. This was in 2008 and nine. It didn't exist uh, in I, a very big form at that time. Uh, yeah, exactly. The number of investments <laughs> that used to happen in a year was so minuscule that yeah. uh, even, uh, you know, like people out of IITs would not know that that is a career option which exists. And uh, I saw a few of my seniors uh, doing in, in PEs and mm. it was just starting to happen at that time. And uh, so, you know, luckily Sequoia happened and okay. uh, obviously it's, you know, it's fairly active in terms of technology investing, um, one of the largest funds it has now become in India. Mm-hmm. So what was this, just to put things in perspective, rolling back 10 years ago, what were the hot career choices there and why did you choose this, you know, off the beaten track kind of thing? 
Uh, interesting. So out of, uh, so BCG was like a day one, uh, you know, a job out of campus. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other options, I was considering uh, actually three options. So I had uh, interviewed with Google, which was in the okay. marketing office. And uh, then it was, uh, uh, then I was considering, the second option that I was considering was investment banking. Uh, mm-hmm. So Goldman Sachs was the other uh, job on campus, which was there. And okay. then management consulting, BCG. So okay. these were the three options that I was considering. And uh, uh, in Google, the so I'd actually got the job offer in Google, um, mm. but this was for the software engineer. And this was okay. uh, in Mountain View. Uh, but I wanted to go into tech, but not uh, as a coder, but more on the business side of it. So, sure. you know, I think that is why uh, BCG was sort of appealing in a sense that, you know, it, it started you off with putting you right in the middle of businesses and sure. projects working with large businesses. Fantastic. Tell us about Traxon. Of course, you know, our listeners might not really know what exactly it is. So folks, you might just want to go to the website. The website is Traxon.com. I'll spell that for you. T-R-A-C-X-N dot C-O-M. It's a market intelligence website. Uh, you know, if if I've described... Actually, Neha, why don't you introduce Traxon to us? Sure. Yeah. So easy way to think about it is if you are looking at investing in the public markets, you have a lot of platforms like Bloomberg. Uh, When you're looking at investing in the private markets, especially in the technology space, uh, that is where traction comes in. So today we track uh, the largest number of private companies in emerging technology sectors globally. Right. So that's in brief of traction and uh, traction, traction, guys. I'm sorry. I think I made a bit of a blunder on the, on, on the pronunciation of traction. But I was on the X traction, but traction. Got it. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. Go well. And just to uh, brief about how we started. So uh-huh. while I was um, an investor in the in the technology space, uh, you know, unlike the public markets wherein you have a lot of data about companies. In private markets, there is a lot of information asymmetry. And this was, you know, uh, nine years back. Mm-hmm. And sim- to give you a simple example, if you're looking at just companies in online education, you feel, you know, that is an interesting sector that you want to invest in. Just to find out all the companies that exist in India in that space uh, used to be a task. So it used yes. to be like a week-long task. Uh, and imagine if you have to find out online education companies globally and compare it, you know, then someone will have to spend a lot oh, yeah. of time just collating yeah. information. Other things like, you know, I, for instance, I want to find out all companies coming out of IIT Bombay Alums. Okay. Uh, that is a, uh, used to be a lot of work. Uh, secondly, if you're looking at a particular company and you want to look at, you know, what is a comparable set? So a good example is that there are a lot of companies in India which are now having products for the global market. Right. Uh, Examples being a fresh disk or a a browser stack. Right. So if Mm. you're looking at a cross-border testing market and you want to look at okay, who who all exists globally, that used to be a non-trivial task. Right. Uh, So essentially, and what has happened in the last decade or so is uh, private market, which used to be a small portion of Mm. the allocation, you know, that has become more center stage. You know, that has also become, uh, that has increased in terms of the number of underlying companies as well as the uh, total AUM. So so now that this asset class has become large, there are so many people tracking it. They're yep. required to be sort of a platform to help you track that. And essentially our idea was very simple that, you know, can we use technology to help build information platform for private companies, right? So that is how yeah, yeah. we started off with. It is, it is. I was just, you know, so uh, so... Listeners, just some background. I, I I was actually doing some work on the education sector for some 
work of mine and i actually wanted to get uh, the data that neha just mentioned right now and yeah i mean all all of whatever i wanted was in one place in exactly the format that i wanted which was basically the top 3 or 4 startups out there the funding that they got when they got it and you know probably some names of the founders and stuff like that so yeah the information is very useful and yeah it works on both the sides right because they're going to get into that right now uh, when i say both sides one side being the venture capitalists themselves the investors themselves <laughs> and the other side being the founders both of them need this data am i right in that uh yes that is correct so uh, we cater more to the investors mm-hmm. and we cater more to so there are two uh, key use cases that we today solve so one is your investors which help you do private market invest investing and sure. the second one is your large corporates who are looking at innovative companies in their industries so that okay. is there and okay. uh, for founders we actually don't charge so founders are <laughs> you know uh, sort of more we extend uh, because uh, they are in the ecosystem and they are looking at it but uh, primary uh-huh. user cases your uh, private market investors and large corporates so let's jump into that now tell us how has this entire crisis uh, <clears throat> progressed so far because if i remember correctly last year you know somewhere in 2019 itself a lot of the bigger venture capitalist guys were saying that winter is coming and funding is going to freeze up and so was this you know a perfect storm that was going to hit us any which way and covid has just pushed us right into it what just give us an overview as to what's been happening right so you are actually correct that you know since uh, end of 2019 we you, you had started hearing from people that uh, the late stage rounds especially had kind of slowed down and a lesser number of those are happening uh but obviously uh, something like covid no one would have anticipated and uh, that has changed a lot of assumptions of people and changed a lot of perspectives um so even if you were to see during this crisis so uh, there was a little bit slow down i think end but uh, hey. if you see q1 and q2 uh, you can actually see the number of rounds if i just talk about india for instance you can see that like the number of rounds have decreased and the number, total overall funding has also decreased to give you an example typically in a quarter there used to be like you know somewhere between 450 to 500 rounds every quarter and that okay. has become closer to uh, 300 uh, you know in the last two quarters so wow. that has decreased and uh, the overall funding has also de- uh, decreased uh, excluding obviously geo if you take geo the geo <laughs> alone has yeah. probably taken the amount of funding that uh, the whole ecosystem used to get in about 2 years plus you know they have yeah. raised collectively uh, nearly 20 billion now which is oh, yeah, 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 yeah. standard so if you yeah. exclude yeah. that amount of funding and if you were to take for you know all the other startups uh, then yeah. uh, then the recent quarters have uh, slowed down yes a, a bit because okay. of you know through covid okay let's look at this from both the sides of the equation okay so first i wanted to give us an idea about the venture capital funds right now a lot of rich people investors hni ultra hni billionaires whoever they are around the world basically the investors who you know who put in money with, uh, in in these vc funds some of them would might have just have idle cash on the sidelines and this crisis would have provided them a great time because valuations would be low so what is your sense you know that have have vcs been able to raise money from their clients during this crisis you know is anyone at all willing to see this as an opportunity to actually start a fund start a new fund so uh, from the vcs perspective i think um, the initial so as covid the whole pandemic began the initial couple of months were more ambiguous because people did not know what to expect so you could see a little bit of pause 
in investments that is happening a little bit of pause in the operations that is happening because people didn't know what to expect this was mm. probably in march and april when this was yeah. just starting so people didn't know whether you know you have to think about it from a quarter or you have to think about it from longer uh, sure. but now i think things are more clear that you know this is going to last for long and i think uh, you uh, right now deals have still i uh, have again sort of started happening so you can still see a lot of uh, deals activity that is happening in the early stage okay. uh, that is in the angel uh, seed stage as well as in the later stage right okay. so you see that what has happened i think is that the there are some uh, uh, sectors which have become prioritized over mm-hmm. others so if you are on the wrong side of the curve then obviously that is a tough time uh, for instance if you are in the travel segment or if you are in any segment which has any offline component to fulfill you know mm-hmm. that is tough uh, on, on the other hand if you are in a sector that is um, that is benefited out of covid and the structural changes that it has brought then then sure. your valuations are sort of probably on the higher side because you're seeing also a lot of user metrics increase okay so uh, yeah so uh, i want to get to exactly what you were saying which is uh, which among the startups among the sectors and since you mentioned early stage has actually seen some action let's get into some of that action maybe a few deals that you want to talk to us about and after that you know which are the winners people who were just lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time and people who are in the offline space you know who've just had a really bad bad time being in the wrong place right so if you're talking about so let's start with some of the sectors which are sort of you know now it's more clear that uh, you know this is going to last for for Correct. some time definitely 2020 and people are now seeing when in 2021 are things going to open up so mm-hmm. a lot of the changes of work from home etc that is going to continue so with this you know with this scenario now you know let's talk about okay sort of what are the uh, sectors which are uh, which are seeing good user uh, yes. also seeing investments that are happening um, so one uh, so i'll probably you know there's also actually a coverage area uh, that we have uh, started a set of about uh, some 15 coverage areas that we have started because these were also sectors that people wanted to see the companies in okay uh, so these were uh, some of the sectors which are seeing obviously underlying user uh, engagement also increase so mm. to, to name some of them uh, you know one which is very obvious is because of your work from home your whole remote work tools which yeah. includes not just you know your zoom or geomi type of tools but also other ones like you know you want to do a whiteboarding uh, solution uh, have a discussion with your team now your team is basically spread out do you want to do time tracking solutions mm. Uh, so a lot of companies which have come up in this uh, there is also activity which is happening globally uh, then in uh, healthcare uh, there are companies coming up in telemedicine in fact i myself have actually used like a telemedicine solution which i had never used uh, huh? you know ever in the last nice. uh, month uh, which one was that because so I, I i in fact just just used practo a few days ago for a very minor health issue and i was you know i was like okay this this might actually work and it's 24 so i could just ping a doctor and boom i got it so what is yours like <laughs> so i yeah. actually tried out multiple so uh, i actually tried out uh, practo i tried out mfine i tried out curefit 
I wouldn't yeah. name which one was successful <laughs> or not, but uh, but uh, yeah, in uh, two of them, I did not get a good response. In one of them, uh. the doctors did not join, and there were too many questions to, for onboarding. Oh. In one, which really worked well, so that okay. is great. So I was able to. So you know, for me, I think uh, I'm now a user of telemedicine, which I had never nice. been, and nice. I could actually talk to a doctor, which was in Bangalore, which was you know great. Uh. So and that is you... one. Yeah. Okay. Go on, go on, go on. Area which is there. Uh, another sure. area which uh, you also probably hear a lot of people talking about is like at-home fitness. Okay. Uh, you know, people are uh, in now because they are not going out as much. They are not playing out as much. Uh, so you know, your at-home yoga, at-home fitness videos, which mm. are through videos or through personalized, you know, different levels. There are companies coming up in it again okay. globally in China and US. Uh, then the third theme, uh, which is large, is again education. Uh, oh, big one! My own, <laughs> my own kid is like you know he's 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 actually so there. I don't understand one thing, but I won't get you into that. Which is that parents grip so much about screen time, screen time, screen time. But right now there's the only way to give them education here, you know. So give them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> poor kids. Actually, they have to you know I think strain their eyes out, especially the younger folks. But I think there's no other option, which is there. Yeah. Either you skip it. Uh, actually, in fact, just now, I think there was this news of uh, Vedantu raising another hundred yes. million, uh, right? So, you know, education is another sector which is also seeing a lot of growth, which is ob- yeah. by obvious reasons happening. Uh, related to that is, you know, parents wants to keep their kids busy, so they want to have <laughs> hobby classes online. You know, how do you keep yeah. kids busy? I think that's like a main topic of it conversation. Is, it is, it is. Come on, you know, if 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 you have working parents at home, they are they are already working from home. They are trying to manage. I don't know how many things at the same time, and then to have your kid running after your life is right. okay. <laughs> so that is so, okay. So these are yeah. three. So let me just recount. You know, just let me just recap that for listeners. The first one you said was working from home tools. Yes. Uh, could be whiteboards, could be video. Uh, you know, video meet stuff like that. That was the first big one. Uh, second, you said was uh, the education. The education was third. Second was fitness. Health, yeah, healthcare, which includes telemedicine, at-home fitness. Tell me one thing. For the others that, you know, who are outside of these top three, you know, who might still be doing well because a lot of people are now saying that, you know, if I could not deliver my product through the through offline channels to you, I, I could be a beverage, I could be a food product, I could be a pets thing. We are now trying to go to online channels. You know, I'll go through a Swiggy, I'll, I'll go through something else. So for these people who are not lucky enough to be in the top three, are you seeing anything on the valuation front when they want to raise money? People are saying that, you know, okay, I might, I need money right now. Why don't I just take a call on on my valuation and raise whatever money I can? Is that a trend that's happening right now? So that is a little bit dicey. It depends on some of the, you know, investors which are there, which are already backers. What we have seen is that some of the rounds which were in discussion pre-COVID, uh, hmm. that got completed because, you know, despite some of the things happening, I think some of the rounds which are already in progress in diligence phase that got completed. But okay. the second thing is that if you are now starting to talk to an investor afresh, that's a little difficult if you're on the other side. Uh, if you, if, you know, investors feel that it is going to have a negative impact, obviously people have been able to sort of adapt and, uh, you know, get, uh, uh, sort of, adapt to the changes infrastructure and then you know get the online component to remove any component which is offline you know to actually give you 
uh, a good example is you know for instance fintech firms which had any component of si- physical signing that required from people you know their operations was completely paused because you know, during the lockdown you cannot meet the people uh, you know uh, they have sort of moved to ekyc wherever that's possible so they have also incre- integrated that um, so you can see sort of companies also adopt to that and if yeah. you're able to adopt if you're able to sort of do then the investors also wants to see some proof point and yeah. you know then uh, you are probably so early stage i think are still happening but uh, probably for the later stage i think uh, people want to sort of see that unfold and then it's happening so yes yeah. i do see uh, you know th- there would be some sort of pressure on the later stage and in case you have a shorter runway then you might be uh open to also sort of negotiating on the valuation depending on the capital so there are some of the investors who are also looking at which are more on the peesh offline space which are also looking for sort of good valued uh, assets which are there in the market fine so folks we are going to take a small break out here you know on the other side of this break we'll go to the other side of the table which is from the founders perspective we'll figure out you know what exactly are founders saying what are they talking where are they going for money how are they managing to survive in these very difficult times so don't go anywhere we'll be right back neha singh co-founder at traction yeah did i get the pronunciation right traction perfect <laughs> thank you folks we'll be right back and welcome back to this episode of paisa paisa my guest neha singh co-founder at traction where we in the first half of this episode we were talking about the investor side which are the hot sectors which have actually done well during this crisis Let's move this now to a founders equation. Yeah, talk to us about that. Uh, let's start off with how have founders managed so far? What's been your experience? What you know when you have conversations with them, or if you've been talking with them, for people who are not lucky enough to find sudden massive uptake in their service, you know, not everyone is a byju's, not everyone is a topper, not everyone is probably a fitness uh, app. Um, how has the experience been so far because even with massive you know with large startup like a, like a zomato or swiggy there was this phase i think march april where things literally went to zero now then of course you know they kind of adapted some of them moved to delivering groceries swiggy for example has a delivery service for anything from documents to medicines so how have these guys survived what's what's been the story so far right i think march was uh, probably the most uh, tough because uh, you know everyone was uh, like the lockdown happened and everyone was started encountering for the first time another big issue was that uh, you know everyone was moving to work from home and mm. uh, for large teams uh, you know if you have a good setup then that is easy but for a lot of team you know just the setting up of infrastructure which is you know having your whole team a uh, good laptop good internet connectivity wherever they are setting that up you know that required some amount of effort so for instance in our case wow. we have a 700 member team and yeah. uh, in our case actually what we had done is we had uh, sort of anticipated that this is luckily now in hindsight we had anticipated that you know this is going to this looks like this is going to last for some time okay. and uh, you know there are a lot of repercussions so for instance in our case a lot of our team members used to live in pgs because they are fairly young and yeah. uh, pgs were going to get closed uh because uh you know uh, they, they had to have uh, some social distancing etc norms yeah. and uh, some of the other yeah the other issue was that people you know used to go out to eat especially mm-hmm. a lot of people who are single you know instead of cooking they would actually go yeah. out to eat and you know now yeah. that whole infrastructure is not there 
those guys took off all the maggie from all the hey <laughs> jokes apart what right. so that was, yeah these are the actual things that you don't make a big deal of but when you think about it roti kapda ma theek hai kapda to is taking of food you're right if you're a single guy in a pg where do you figure out your food and the intro part is fascinating so you're saying that so okay obviously not everyone has their own laptop and internet i thought by now would be sorted so internet is still you know was it an issue back then how did you guys get around solving this yeah so that was not trivial what we had done is we had actually encouraged people to go to their hometowns because we realized that uh, you know this is this is going to take time and if even if they are staying inside you know like your apartment uh, for them to like like be cooking three times a day and uh, you know managing everything without any support that is going to be tough so for a lot of them it was actually much more convenient that they are in their hometowns uh, so that you know they have at least the basic infra sort of taken care of and uh, now and the other thing what has happened is that if people are living alone and mm. they're not meeting anyone then it's also a little bit depressing you know you're not going out you're not uh, oh, yeah. meeting oh, yeah, people yeah, yeah. physically it can be a little bit uh, you know depressing for people in office you are you know there you at least meet like you know 50 folks in the whole day yeah. uh, so so that was interesting and what we had realized is actually we uh, now realize that even people in remote towns were able to log in very efficiently and uh, now i'm sort of a believer of this whole infrastructure which geo has helped sort of set up which uh-huh. is you know having good internet connectivity even in like your tier 3 yeah, okay. cities uh yeah. so luckily for us uh, you know we had we obviously had uh, because we are in the seventh year as a company we had a sort of a good infra for people to you know work so that okay. was already set up so for us the transition was fairly smooth i think only the infrastructure part that needed to be set up so that was probably one thing which uh, you know required a little bit of mind share in march uh, sure. which is how do you get everything set up and how do you uh, you know maintain operations for instance we did not have any disruption in operations uh we have customers in 40 different countries so we work across all the time zones so we also had to ensure that you know that round the clock support around the clock uh thing is the team is working so that was uh, that was one and okay. uh, the second thing is obviously you know now i think everything is sort of more predictable so now people have sort of set up their infra to do that uh mm-hmm. that, but there are obviously other things that people are uh tracking more closely so you know one is uh you are uh, as a business you are tracking not just how your top line sort of looks like uh, that you are mm. obviously uh, tracking on a daily basis but you also tracking a little bit of underlying uh underlying uh, sort of metrics mm. that help you identify if anything you know were to happen beforehand uh to give you a simple example is that you know something that you may not ex- expect is that if you have a lot of sme customers then you know even if uh you know you are signing up them up but if you see any delay in cash collection you know that is going to impact or the second thing is that if uh, they uh, they are not unable to pay the gst on time then that liability is basically on you right yeah. so you have to actually track a lot of leading indicators also as a company because you you don't you don't know what part uh, you know might uh, be impacted yeah so many moving parts to this yeah. right and i think there were one or two interesting ones that had also come about so for instance uh, you know treasury which you were to feel that oh that's like you know obviously very obvious but uh, you had this whole franklin issue uh, in between oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, if 
you know if uh, depending on you know if companies are not able to pay their debt on time then that is going to have impact on the debt funds and mm-hmm. if you have any exposures on the little bit more aggressive debt funds in that then you know that might have impact so uh, yeah. you actually had to you know uh, start looking out for all these other things as well uh, okay. just to make sure everything is is sane understood and even from an in- investor's perspective that if he had invested in any of those funds that were closed down then obviously that money is stuck out there and to that extent your liquidity is constrained right to a very yeah. extent let's take this conversation a little bit further from the from you know from the founders perspective what are you hearing how many months of cash do founders in general have i mean not the lucky ones of course who are you know who have seen funding rounds and therefore managed to add to their runway but for the more average guys uh, where are they right now what are they saying hopefully the you know their situation has improved because some amount of some amount of operations have come back online how how is the general scene on liquidity cash in hand and runway ahead yeah so people are generally becoming a little conservative and uh, are preparing um uh, so for instance you know if you are like if if you are doing well then obviously uh, people are still going to investors and uh, starting a process but if you are not still looking to start a process then people are getting a little conservative because uh, it may take some time for things to stabilize and people okay. are doing a lot of other things as well so you know for instance conserving cash um like your office lease uh, okay. you know um, which used to be like a you know good safe asset you know you do office lease a lot of them have actually given up in case you have a short term lease because mm. you're not going to occupy it for you know at least 9 months of this calendar year if okay. not more so uh, that is one um you know unfortunately in some of them you you saw you heard about layoffs in um, in some of the businesses which had been impacted obviously uh that is one but i think right now people are sort of you know planning and um planning as if um uh, playing a little conservative because they they think that markets might be back by either the end of the year or you know q1 of next year okay you spoke about layoffs let's talk about it from an employee perspective how has it been for them have there been large layoffs uh, in at startups how are people managing are they looking around because i know from my twitter the retweets that i see uh, people that i follow a lot of people have you know put out that okay i'm so and so i can do this i can do coding i i can do writing i can do this i can do that so how is that how is a broader employment scene been within scene been within the startups so uh, there are, if you are in a, if if your startup is in in a segment like a travel or you know this obviously you are impacted more and they had to take a, a tough call and this is true globally not just for india you saw for airbnb you saw uber you saw sort of massive layoffs that is happening you know in these sectors globally um but at the same time on the other hand you do see hiring so you okay. know your other online education companies or your gaming companies uh which are also generating a lot of uh you know cash lately they are sort of hiring obviously the overall capacity has probably not reached back there are a lot of people that uh, uh you know that may not uh, that may be unfortunately uh not be employed especially uh, i would say uh, the more um sort of staff which is you know your cleaning staff for instance right like the large agencies which are there in all, in all these i would also say you know th- that they have been impacted but i would say uh that overall uh there are still companies there are still segments which are sort of hiring mm. uh, and which is there 
uh, it might. Uh, so the second thing which has happened is probably um, earlier there was uh, a lot of salary inflation that was happening in some of the sectors. That has probably uh, become lesser. Okay. Last question: Where does this go? Where does this end? Where you know? Do you do you ever think that things are you know? I don't like to use the word new normal, so I'm just going to go with normal. What's your timeline for this entire thing? Going by the people that you speak to or whatever you've seen so far. Yeah. So interestingly, that answer you know keeps changing. So if mm-hmm. uh, you would have asked me this question uh, two months back, you know that answer would have been different, and okay. today it's different. Uh, today, interestingly, uh, from most of the people that we speak to, it looks like you know 2020 is definitely work from home for most of okay. the companies. Mm-hmm. And now you are seeing you know which part it's either Q1 or Q2 in 2021 that things are going to be back. Mm-hmm. And uh, that all depends on you know whether there's a second wave, how big is the second wave, if there's a third wave which is going to happen. Uh, okay. It all depends on that. So Europe has surprisingly not had, uh, you know, the the large second wave. But uh, in, unfortunately, in US, you know, which has panned out, you can see uh, uh, most of the people over there uh, are not uh, going to go to office. In fact, I was just speaking to a friend in New York yesterday who was actually in office. So New York has, of all yeah. cities, has bounced back. Uh, going to offices, the offices have opened. It's, it's still optional for people, but people have started going um, so that is, you know, the brighter side that, you know, that uh, it can uh, become normal yeah. within a few months. So that is great. Yeah. And Southeast Asia seems to be, I don't know, they, they weren't as badly affected as any other part of the world. Like, right. So oh, Singapore, yeah, are Singapore open. Yeah. So yeah. that is great. But unfortunately, looks like uh, at least in Bangalore, uh, cases are increasing. So, you know, until it's plateaus, people are still not sure of you know, whether there will be a second wave or when will that flatten. So I think now it looks like at least, uh, you know, 2020 is going to be work from home. Yeah. Anything for the employees out there, anything for people working in startups, any tips on how to survive, what to do, you know, just how to just gear themselves up if this is going to last for a long time. How how does one really battle this crisis uh, and, you know, come out of it? Sure. So one thing is that there are a lot of sectors which are actually having good user uh, increase. For instance, you know, as I was saying, gaming is a sector, you know, very uh, sectors that you may not think about content consumption. So there are uh, there are definitely companies in these sectors that would be expanding that are uh, growing. So those are sort of good options, which is there in case you, you were on the other side. And the second thing is that, you know, this thing is going to last for long. So you better set up a good, comfortable infra for your working day to day. You know, Set up your mini office inside your uh, homes, inside, you know, wherever you're comfortable in. And uh, I think the main thing that people are actually now talking about is, you know, the, the, uh, people should not be getting bored, right? Like yeah. your whole team. Uh, especially people who are starting now, you know, they have not, they are not meet, they are not able to meet their folks physically. I think that yes. is one of the main challenges of in a team. That mm. uh, you know, how do you sort of uh, bond and stay connected? One interesting thing that you should definitely try out in a team is uh, poker games. Uh, that really helps to you know for your bonding because yes. you're not you're typically spending most of the Zoom calls uh, for work. And, uh, you know, all the offline chats that you used to happen, chats over lunch or, you know, over coffee that used to be happening with people, uh, you know, that may not be happening. So you should definitely, you know, have these kind of events with your teams 
do any sort of games uh, you know poker is one of the things that we have uh, that uh, that has turned out to be you know pretty fun uh, ah. with your team to actually do that bowl bonding I, i thought you'd say ludo or housey or something because that's that's also something that's become quite popular it seems that may also be very good options i haven't ah. just tried out but i i should great yeah so folks on that positive note of how to survive on during this crisis much for your time thanks for having me anupam listeners if you like this podcast don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on ivm network you can listen to us on the ivm podcast app or ivmpodcast.com you can also follow us on our social media we are ivm podcasts on twitter and instagram if you want to reach out to me i am b50 on twitter thank you so much for listening to paisa paisa No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.